Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. So, Kate, we live in a college town, correct? Yes. Yes. And we have many of the college town type stores. We've got your uh, your Jimmy John's. We've got your uh, your Blaze Pizza. We have we have your Insomnia Cookies. And now we have a new one. Do you know what the new one is? Cineholic. Cineholic. So I went to Cineholic today. It's a, cin- a like a gourmet cinnamon roll place. Well, yeah, or it was like, why is this different from the Cinnabons in every airport? Right. In the country? So I go in, and you can get your cinnamon roll, but then you can get you can pick your different uh, flavored. Frostings, like chai, and yeah. then you can then you've got toppings you can put on it, like pecans or chocolate chips or whatever you want. So I just got a chocolate chip cookie because I don't care for store bought uh, cinnamon. That I can I like the ones from from IKEA kind of, but only for the first like five minutes and then they're dead to me. Um, <laughs> and I I got a chocolate chip cookie and I'm eating and I, I'm and it saw on the side of the boxes they say you know from Shark Tank. And I, so I said out loud, I was like, why is this any different from a cinnamon? But I guess because the cinnamon doesn't have frosting. And my coworker looks at me and she goes, well, you do realize it's vegan. I was like, what? what? The word vegan is nowhere in evidence. I turned my cookie over to look at the ingredients and lo and behold, it was vegan. Bum, bum, bum. Interesting. So they're vegan. That's what makes them different. Ah. That you do roll out of the store, but you do it. In a vegany way. <laughs> vegany. That's the word of the day, folks. Word of the day is vegany, folks. <laughs> and uh, what what is this podcast? We talk about all things vegan. Apparently so. We have yet to read that classic <laughs> vegan picture book because that's what we actually do on this show. Oh. Okay? We, we read picture books. And uh, and what do we do with those there picture books? Um, we read them and determine if they are full of dairy and eggs or not. Sure. And if that makes them a classic or not, why oh, not? We'll, yeah. we'll go with that. Now, last time we did our 200th episode, but yeah. we forgot something. We forgot to do a quiz. I was going to quiz you, Kate. Yeah. I was going to quiz you. So I am going to, we're going to try something out here. I'm going to uh, say a quiz question to you. Okay. And then, and then you can either answer now or we could wait till the end of the show. And you can give me your answer then, if you if you remember. Oh. Um, and if you don't, then I could say at the end of the show, thereby oh. forcing the poor listeners to listen to the whole show. I think that's the best idea. I agree. Okay. So <laughs> here is our question. So I'm going to tell you the episode number because I know you haven't memorized the numbers. Uh, no. um, so this would be episode number 79. All right. So here's my quiz question for you. It's like you just said, it's episode flippity floppity. <laughs> what? Was the name of the book or the character, I will accept either, um, where you compared this character to Salt Bay? Oh. Yeah, remember that? You pointed out that I, this character was doing a Salt, salt Bay. Yeah, I, did you say doing a Salt I Bay? I believe it is now a verb. <laughs> Performing think, no, an it, act of salt bay. No, it's a noun. It's a person. No, no. He is salt bay. One does a salt bay. No. Just as one does a Betsy Bird, one does a salt no. bay. It makes sense. 
there's an act of salting. What is it? A, what is a Betsy bird? Uh, well, you don't want to know. Oh. I can't. This is a, this children is a, might be listening to this. Oh, I can't I say see. it. On okay. That. All terrible. right. Yeah. All right. So you think that you ponder that. You try to remember that, all right? Okay. I'll take either the name of the book or the name of the character. And if anyone uh, listening gets it, uh, give yourself a cookie if you get it right, because I'm not doing anything beyond that. But only that. a it's vegan good. one. <laughs> but only a vegan cookie. Make sure you check the ingredients on the back. So what month is it? October. What does that mean? Halloween and all things gory and spooky and lovely. That's right. <laughs> and so that usually means I come up with a, an appropriate... Halloweeny picture book because they abound, Kate. There's so many of them. So many we still have not done. You have given me like countless like scary books that I really only remember like two. Yeah, <laughs> and they're probably by a guy who's local anyway. Probably creepy carrots. If I had that was guess. one because yeah. because mm-hmm. of the music that we made up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Let's do it. Creepy carrots. So and nice. then the other one was uh, the spider and the fly. That's right. It was by also Tony super Lizzie. creepy. Yes. I'm all about creep, man. Bring out the, the creep. Uh, th- there's a significant lack of creep in this, Aww. though maybe you'll find some, maybe you'll find some. So this is a book that for years, every time around this time of year, it would end up like number one on the bestseller list. And I would always look at the bestseller list and be like, what is this freaking book that shows up every year around Halloween that I have just never read? It's going to look a little familiar to you. Let's see if you can figure out the previous book by this author and illustrator that we did. Are you ready? Okay. Room on the Broom by Julia Donaldson. Illustrated by Axel Scheffler. Yeah, we'll say sure. Yeah, I believe he's German. We we did this person. We did this. Oh yeah. Okay. I'll you know I'll just tell you because this this is not part of the quiz. Remember the Gruffalo? Oh yeah. This is from Team Gruffalo. Same author. British. Yes. So it is British. All right. All right. In spite of its German illustrator. Okay. All right. Go read that book. While Kate does her read, let's do a little additional information about Julia Donaldson. I didn't know a lot about her. Um, She once came to my library when I worked in New York, at New York Public Library at the Central Children's Room, but I was not there that day, so I never had a chance to talk to her. So I decided to do what every enterprising librarian does and look her up on wikipedia which normally has about three sentences saying person did thing the end in this particular case it's um it's her life story it's not just her life story it's her parents life story one gets the distinct impression that somebody near and dear to julia donaldson may have written this uh this particular wikipedia entry but i am grateful because it has lots of interesting information for example it mentioned that During her childhood and adolescence, she acted under studying the fairies and Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream at the Old Vic, where she made the acquaintance of a young Judy Dench. Young Judy Dench. Now, that acting uh, yen would would stick with her. She she actually wrote a fair amount of songs, performed a lot of songs in, in the 70s. According to them, these songs were variously influenced by Flanders and Swan, topical affairs, and traditional folk songs. So there you go. One of those songs had what might be the most British name I've heard in a very long time. It was called A Squash and a Squeeze. Squash and a Squeeze. And uh, she was approached in 1991 by a publishing company and said, Can we turn A Squash and a Squeeze into a picture book? And uh, and we'll get this uh, German artist, uh, Axel Scheffler. Axel Scheffler. He's, he's living in London. And, uh, and that was a 
pivotal moment for old Julia Donaldson. Uh, when that happened, oh my goodness, she, she just dove on headlong into the whole picture book world. And of course, this eventually led to the Gruffalo, which exploded with a might that Americans still don't quite understand, but the British certainly do. And, uh, yeah, just to polish things off, she, uh, you know, she's very successful. Um, unfortunately, in her 30s, she was diagnosed with cookie bite hearing loss, which is an unhorrible, horrible name for this. It's very good visually. You can understand what it is. It's a bite-shaped hole in the mid-range of the audible spectrum, which makes it difficult for her to hear some speech and music, and she's helped a bit by lip-reading. But cookie bite hearing loss sounds adorable, and that is not a good thing. You do not want people to go like, ah, when you say you have cookie bite hearing loss. So I think they should probably rename that one, but I can't think of a name that you would use instead. So there is that to consider. <laughs> is that a good cackle? Yes, yeah, not bad. I gave it a, a sufficient cackle. I gave it a 7 out of 10. Hey, that's better than most of the books we read. I'm yeah, feeling pretty good. Sure. All right. It's higher than what I would rate this book. Oh, interesting. Well, give it away, why don't you? Okay. Sorry. Back to the beginning. Okay, so mm. there's this witch who's really sweet and nice, and it's weird. And she's got... <laughs> <laughs> I did tell you it wouldn't be spooky. I did tell you You that. sure did. Um, she's got this cat who immediately reminded me of Hobbes from Calvin and Hobbes. Oh, that's so, some crazy Hobbes tail action going on I was on thinking, there. maybe this cat isn't actually real. Maybe it's just a stuffed animal that she brings on her broom. Uh, you know, I mean, She's a witch. She could bring it to life, right? I don't know what powers she has. Oh, okay. I mean, she doesn't use any powers? I mean, I've only seen her use one power in this entire book, and maybe that's all she can do. We don't know. That's true. <laughs> we know so little about her life. <laughs> um, so, right, so there's this witch, and she's got a cat, and they like to... May I ask, is this a rhyming picture book? It sure is. Uh, yep. Yeah, once they discovered rhyme, the English just got all crazy about it. They're like, couplets for everyone! <laughs> and you get a couplet, and you get a couplet. Um, yeah, there's, which, which, uh, we'll get to the most interesting rhyme of all. Oh, I'm interested which now. Is, which is at the end. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so, right, so we got this witch, we got a cat, and they like to fly around on a broomstick, and it, it's super windy wherever they are. It's definitely not in the U.S., um, which I will tell you why later, but... Wait, how do you know that? I'll okay. tell you later. Yeah, so, right. there's this, uh, so they're flying past these birds, and one of the birds... You know when you're like in you're you're cold and it's windy and you're miserable and mm -hmm. you're just like why mm -hmm. am I out here watching my kid play soccer when I couldn't care less about soccer? Mm -hmm. It's that uh, feeling. That face, yeah. It's that face on this poor bird, and this would be my tattoo. Um, this feeling of why. Why? I don't know if you want that to be your tattoo. I don't know that that would <laughs> I, be a, but a I can, good one to have. But I I relate to this bird. <laughs> I... It's yeah. Reading this book, that's what it felt like. It, it sure <laughs> okay. did. By the way, may I just point out that, like the Gruffalo, the witch has a big old wart on her nose. So apparently, that's just Axel Scheffler's go-to is warts on noses. Well, you know, witches are known to have warts. That's true. I mean, it's not like it's a new thing he came up with. Right. That's true. They're flying around. It's so windy, and the wind knocks off her hat, and so she gets down on the ground. And her and the cat are trying to find her hat. And she comes across a dog who presents her with her hat. Mm -hmm. And he says, ever so kindly, uh, is there room on your broom for me to join? 
And she says, absolutely, come on board. And you know why she says yes? Because she's tired of carrying the cauldron herself. I noticed that the dog makes the dog do it. Yeah, well, that's that's pretty smart. Already, I'm getting I'm getting a real feel for. Um, you remember Mr. Gumpy, Mr. Gumpy, who had the boat and oh, all yeah. the animals I was get, the boat. I was getting a uh, uh, eat eat the fly vibes. It's, oh, the old lady who swallowed a fly. Yeah, yeah. And it's always and like a bigger and a bigger, and more and more and yeah. more. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, I, yep. was, I was I getting both that of them vibe. would apply to this. Yeah. Yes, so I see a theme here. <laughs> I'm sure it'll all end well. Right. right. So now, uh, so now it's the dog and the cat and the witch are flying around on a broomstick, and again, as I mentioned, it's very windy, and the bow that she has in her hair. Because not the top of her hair, but the, the holding the end I, of her braid. Yes. All right. Because witches have bows and braids. Apparently, um, it falls off, and so she's like, "Great, I got to get back down onto the ground. I got to try and find my precious bow." Bows don't grow on trees, you know. Yep. And uh, lo and behold, a bird comes out with a bow in its mouth, and she's like, "I'm a bird. Is there room on your broom for me?" And I'm like, "Bird, you are lazy. <laughs> bird, too. can't you?" You got two things. We're actually to you. watching you fly over to say, "Can I just sit on your?" Yeah, the, the bird is late. Get an airplane ticket or something. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. But she is very nice, and she says, "Sure, come on board." It is a tiny bird. We're yeah. expecting you. <laughs> the love boat now. So, I mean, if it ends with like the witch eating all these creatures, then I think we're in a good place. I, then I would have given a much higher rating. Oh, interesting. All right. <laughs> now, yeah. So, um, okay. witch, the dog, the cat, and the bird are now all flying around on her broomstick over mm-hmm. a. I don't know. Swampland? Sure. Sure. <laughs> so, but then she drops her wand because she's too busy holding onto the broomstick and her bow. Um, well, in, in just which... put the bow in your pocket if you're that determined. Well, yeah. and it's raining too, so your hair yeah. is going to be a mess anyway. Exactly. Uh, but in the river, there's definitely some sort of creature that I don't know what it is. Oh, wait. I want to see. I want to see. A, Hand it, it over. Is it a beaver? Is it an otter? Is it a... I don't know. I think it's a capybara. I thought of that, <laughs> but I wasn't sure if they it's, swam in water. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, it's watching everything go down, uh, including and her it wants wand. No part of it. No, no. But her wand has now landed near a frog. That she does need. The she wand. She does need the wand. I don't know. The bow. I'm not so she, sure about. Well. The the frog now uh, notices the wand and goes to the witch and says, Oh, I brought you a frog and I'm clean. Can I get on your broom? <laughs> I like that that's like the the bare minimum of what uh, is needed in this particular situation is, Are you clean? <laughs> At least I'm clean. Are you clean and do you have balance? Yes. Great, come on board. Yes, that's really all we require. Even the stupid bird, which let's just repeat doesn't need to be here. Oh, the bird is on top of the cat now, because no one eats anyone here. There's That's no true. food chain. Yeah, this is not the old lady who swallowed a fly, because they'd all be chasing each other by this point. Exactly. So they, uh, so the witch is super nice, and she's like, of course, yeah, come on What's board. What's the all ever drive anything And so again? now all of them are on this broom, and the frog jumps a one-pound frog, <laughs> jumps... And breaks <laughs> breaks the broomstick in two. Good one, frog. And this is at this point, I'm definitely like, okay, this is how I know it's a British book. Um, when they're talking about flying over moors, oh, and, oh, and she's going to tumble into a bog. 
we're really bog free here in the states yeah we don't have too many bogs not here. many bogs and shockingly few moors and i was like oh my gosh is she gonna fall into a bog and become a bog person Ooh, right and then it goes like fast forwards and to then like they 500 her, years later and, and they, they discover her body and her skin is still there oh. and and then she pops out and she's like i feel great who wants to go for a ride on a broom and then all the work people are like yay and when they're like what's a broom yeah exactly that's true it depends on how far in the future we are yeah um, but the frog is the smartest one because they're all tumbling out of yeah. the sky and the frog is holding onto the bird. Smart frog. Yeah. The frog's like, which one of these creatures could fly in the first place? Yep. I will grab onto that one. Exactly. The witch is still convinced that what remains of the broom is going to do something. Maybe what? it does. She doesn't seem to crash. Well, she she's in the air for a little bit, but then she does come down. Um, and, uh, and then there's an illustration of a little ant and I'm like, oh my gosh, is the ant going to save her? No, there's no point in the ant. It's just there. <laughs> it was just Axel saying, Hey, it's, you want to see me draw an ant? It's Boop. just, I did it. That's exa- an ant. Exactly. It. That's all that awesome. happened. It's just I think a- the point must be the bone, but why bother with the ant then? Yeah. Right. So the, this dragon all of a sudden appears and it's like, I'm going to eat you, witch. And she's like, all right. Cause that's what we know from our mythology. Dragons eat witches. Yep, and there's really uh, nothing she can do, so she just accepts her fate when all of a sudden this creature comes out of the bog, which is the uh, the bird, the frog, the dog, and the cat, all covered in muck. So Um, they they do a Bremen Town Musicians uh, act. All right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And they say, and this is the rhyme that I like. Oh, oh, yes. Tell me, yes. Um, that it, you know, this creature, it, it dripped and it squelched and it strode from the ditch and it said to the dragon, <laughs> buzz off, that's my witch. <laughs> I really wanted it to be different. Did you? I did. I can't imagine. I wanted it to be so sassy. I'm sure you were going to say pitch because it looks like they're covered in a black, black pitch here. Ah. Uh, yes. Yeah, no, not so much. It's no, they no. say witch people. Yeah, they say witch. They do say witch. Uh, <laughs> I can't really fault them on that one. But the witch is just laying in the dragon's she's arms. Doing, she's doing the you know creature from the Black Lagoon where he like holds the lady. She's doing the lady from the creature of the Black Lagoon. She's like, my legs don't work, my arms don't work. I'm going to <laughs> die. Eat me quickly. <laughs> but I'm like, wait. Why is she just giving up? Like she totally, she barely, she has her wand, does she not? That's what I thought. Yeah, but oh no, no, is it not? The like, animals wait. had the wand, but then I'm thinking, if the animals had the wand, why did they make up this stupid creature? Why didn't they use the wand? Like, surely the cat knows how to use the wand because the cat lives with the witch. That's a good point. And at the very least, the cat who's been here from the start, but maybe the cat is now a stuffed animal again. <laughs> maybe it was a problem. stuffed animal all along. Who exactly. Knows? Because all the other animals can talk, the cat hasn't talked. Interesting. Right? Perhaps it's her familiar. I don't know. So then, right, so the dragon is super scared at this thing coming out of the bog, and uh, it flies away, and all the animals are cleaning themselves up, and she's like, the witch is like, oh my gosh, thank you so much, I would have been a goner, and uh, the animals are like, oh, no worries, and so she takes her cauldron, and she's like, go, go, find something, and throw it in this cauldron, and they're like, all right, and so everyone brings, like, a stick or a bone or something, and she, all this stuff gets thrown in this cauldron, and she does a, she mutters a spell, <laughs> I really wanted to read it as, icky, 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 
<laughs> Not so much. Nope, it's Iggity, Ziggity, Zaggity, Zoom. Yeah, the witches who say And you know what rhymes with Zoom? Broom. So uh, she oh. makes her own broom. But let Wait, me, I thought they were going to tell you, eat. this is the most tricked out broom I've Ooh. ever seen. It has upholstered seats. Nice. It has a gas lantern. It's got a shower head for the frog. I think it's got like a cup holder. Because there's somebody with a drink in, in there. And oh, I... Well, that's the cat who somehow got a cup of milk um, and it's drinking out of a Maybe straw. Maybe it came with the broom. I don't know. But this is definitely like the most uppity broom yeah. I have ever seen. I'm not so sure this is a broom anymore. And now there's an owl like eyeing the whole situation. Uh-huh. He's like, oh, I want to get up on that. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, but they all, uh, you know, clamber onto this broom and they all fly Having away. nothing. And except that I guess you have to reinforce it, so... Um, I don't know. It's, I, yeah. You sound utterly charmed by it. That's it. That's the book. Okay, so you can kind of understand my confusion with the fact that it consistently is on the bestseller list around this time of year. Now, I haven't seen it show up yet. It is possible maybe this will be the first year that it does not show up uh, on list in some way. But in any case... Uh, it was, you know, translated into 22 languages, because, you know, that's how we do. Uh, it won six book awards. Six book awards, including the Blue Peter, which is quite the thing. Um, and yes, it was turned into a, an animated film. Of course. Stop animation. I'm going to give him a little couple extra credits for that, because right. at least that requires a little more work. Uh, including the following actors, Simon Pegg, uh, did the narration. It has Sally Hawkins in it, uh, David Walliams, Gillian Anderson, the best, and Timothy Spall. It was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Short Animated Film in 2013, which I do not recall. Wow. Uh, and, oh, it was made into an audiobook narrated by Josie Lawrence. Do you remember Josie Lawrence? From Whose Lines It Is? That's right. She did the narration for it. So... Totally deserved. I think we can all, all safe. Ratings time. Okay, so this is very sweet and wholesome, but there is not enough drama for me. And the drawings are, uh, let's just say, not my style. Interesting. You liked the Gruffalo. But this was... It's the same dude. But this was meh. Like mm-hmm. this, I don't know. I'm not I, denying I wasn't mad. impressed. I'm just like saying you liked it before. Also, the dog wasn't trying to eat the cat. The cat wasn't trying to eat the bird. No one dies. There's no blood. It's too sweet for a Halloween book, but it's probably really good to read to little little kids. Yeah, if you were going to do a with the rhyming and read aloud, it's not scary. It rhymes. It really is not. It, the dragon is not even frightening. No. So I gave it a four point nine. It's just not a classic for me. That is fine. Uh, you're kinder than I am. I don't. I, I really like the illustrator. I will say this: Axel Scheffler, he's done of oh, the Pippin Posey books. Mwah! Doing an air kiss here. Beautiful, wonderfully done series that he did. He he can do pathos. He can do motion. I I like it. He doesn't change much from from book to book. He doesn't really try to expand his style. He sort of found the thing that works and he goes with it. But he but doggone it, he goes for it, and I enjoy that. Um. The words are not great. They rhyme. They do rhyme. I'm going to give them that. Those rhymes rhyme. It's not a lot of soft rhyming. The rhymes are pretty faithful and pretty straight, and they work all the way through. I'm just not that interested in the story. I'm not... I do not understand its its wild popularity. 
Uh, so yeah, if we're talking like, is it a classic? I'm giving it a three. Wow. Yeah. So with our scores combined, it's below a five, so not a classic. Not a classic. Oh, oh well. Oh well. Letters time. Ooh. All right. So the first one's technically not a letter, um, but it was a comment that was made after our recording. Of our uh, 200th episode? Uh, of our 200th episode. We got many fine, at least I got many fine compliments from people on, on how much they enjoyed it. And, oh, nice. Uh, and wished that it was a regular thing. Aw. And uh, Karolinka wrote in, Will there be a prize for the person watching from the farthest distance? I should be able to watch from Hanoi, though I'll need to leave after 30 minutes because I have a class. Oh, wow. I was like, that is very cool. And yes, you do get a prize. Of us saying, you are the winner. <laughs> Congratulations. Congratulations. You were the farthest <laughs> one away. That's awesome. That was very cool. Also, uh, Aaron. Aaron wrote in. Now, you may have recall, I, I have mentioned before that she wants to do a podcast for her library. Oh, yeah. Uh, very much in the style of this. Well, she said, we finally nailed down the details of what we are calling Considering Classics. Inviting families to register for a series of five weeks to try and build some comfort as a group to be able to talk more openly. We're using Where the Wild Things Are for Halloween and ending with Francis as a food book before Thanksgiving, which I thought was clever. Dropping Tiki Tiki Timbo in after a few weeks instead of starting with it, which is probably wise, I would yeah, actually yeah. say. Very interested to see how it plays out. And she included a link uh, as well, which I'll put in the show notes, but I, I just thought that was really cool a grown-up things we like okay because this book was just so sweet and nice i'm gonna bloody it up a bit all right it's october Let, away. let's let's get a, th- a little scary here right but um so i've been alone for the past three weeks <laughs> a little bored shall we say yeah. so i went on etsy and i found the hh H. holmes murder castle 1000 piece puzzle oh you got that on etsy it's on etsy it's by holly carden and for those of you who have not read Devil in the White City, um, in 1887, A.J. Holmes he built a block-long hotel where he captured, tortured, and murdered up to 200 people, uh, mostly young women during the Chicago's World Fair, which is where the Ferris wheel was introduced. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an illustration that, you know, so she, kind of a cartoon uh, illustration, and she created the puzzle uh, based on the blueprints of the actual building, and it portrays the hotel as accurately as possible. The illustration of the puzzle documents how Holmes used the building's many rooms, the trap doors, and the chutes to help him murder his victims and then sell their skeletons to local universities. But the puzzle itself was probably the hardest puzzle I've ever done because of the very limited color palette. It's mainly like blues and yellows. Um, it took me about five to six days to do and a lot of podcasts. So if you want a good Halloween puzzle, um, you get very excited when you find a foot. So <laughs> go support, uh, you know, the small business. Uh, go find Holly on Etsy under the company name Drawn by Holly. That's H-O-L-L-Y. It's $35 plus shipping. I thought it was a fun Halloween puzzle. That is, that is a grown-up thing you like oh Indeed. very grown up very grown up thing this would not be a puzzle a family would be putting together it's not gruesome no it's not gruesome it's all cartoony yeah it's very cartoony but there's definitely someone that's being hung and there's, yeah, there's blood there's spots blood and... spots and stuff yeah yeah you know. i wouldn't i wouldn't do it with the youngins necessarily no yeah uh mine is not gruesome at all in in the least and uh i'm, I'm back to the podcast so i'm back to the podcast that i love so my job consists of buying adult books from my library 
I do read the reviews before I choose to buy them, but many times, you know, these books are, are books that are popular authors. I'd buy them anyway. I don't always read all the reviews very, very closely. So I am grateful for NPR's new podcast called Book of the Day. And Book of the Day is just that. They have a discussion about a new book uh, for adults every single day. Not every single day. I think they skip the weekends. But basically, if you want to like put your finger on the pulse of what the big books are right now, there is nothing better. It only takes like they're about 15 minutes each, so it's like a you know a tiny walk in your day, and uh, and you can just keep up with what it is that people actually are reading right now and talking about and what the hot books are. So highly recommend it. It's very entertaining. NPR's book of the day. So that people can do a puzzle while listening to your podcast. Exactly. <laughs> what else would you do while doing a puzzle? I can't even imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. So now we come to the answer to oh. the quiz question. I think I know the answer to this All one. right. All right. All right. Can you give me the name of the character or the name of the book? Was it Lyle Lyle Crocodile? It was Lyle Lyle Crocodile. It, you very good. Yay. I hope you put in like little yay sounds for when you did that. We also would have accepted the house on East 88th Street. Yeah, I wasn't going to do I that. I thought about making that the requirement. But if you'll recall, that was a very weird episode where we actually did two books in one episode. We've almost never done that. Well, if we do two books, it's usually because it's the same book, but it was done twice. Usually. Like... But in this particular case, everyone remembers... Lyle L. Crocodile as being the first book. And in fact, the first book was The House on East 88th Street. So we just paired the two together just to save time. And you were the one who pointed out Salt Bay. Yeah, that's yeah. how I remember was because of the illustration. <laughs> exactly. I was like, it was a, it was a, it was a alligator crocodile. Let's get funky for a while. Uh, get funky. Uh, uh, get funky. Woo! Okay. Very nice. Very <laughs> nice. Uh, yes. And until we find another funky crocodile. I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse Number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse Number 8 Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM, or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime and our Drew on a Broom is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird.